in this world, you're going to have a lot of trouble. But take heart, Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And this was in May of 2010. And my wife, Shauna, who has normally gone on all of these trips with me, was unable to go on this one because she, at that time, was nine months pregnant with my child and her child. It's very important. While I was in Kenya, she was in Baltimore, and her mom had come and stayed with her in the last several weeks of this pregnancy. She was, she was due to deliver in early to mid-June, and I was scheduled to arrive home in mid-May. And we thought the timing was perfect for me to get home at least a month before delivery. And the day before our flights were supposed to leave Africa to come back to the United States, this volcano in Iceland, so Africa's here, Iceland's here, Baltimore's here, this volcano here in Iceland erupted and caused shutdown of international traffic between Europe, Africa, Asia, and the United States, and probably other places on this side, but as a good American, I didn't really think about other people. I just thought about myself. And the 22 medical professionals and people that were with me that I was responsible for, and we had made financial contributions to the churches and the places, and we had run out of money, and we had no more hotel rooms because we had finished the trip. We had no more budget for food because we had finished the trip. We had no more, t- we had finished the trip. We were ready to leave. We had gone on this little safari thing at the end of the trip to rest. We were excited. And all of a sudden, the British Airways agent tells me, I'm sorry, but you're not going anywhere because all of the flights into London and across the Atlantic are canceled. This is the most stressed out, I believe, I can remember being in my life because we are calling our family and friends and telling them we don't know when we're coming home. My nine-month pregnant wife, if she could have reached through the internet to murder me, I think she would have. It was at that time, those of you who have gone through the pregnancy journey with a loved one, you understand that, that logic doesn't matter. It was my fault that the volcano erupted. Still is. She would have murdered me if she could have got her hands on, rightfully so, rightfully so. Don't clap. You're not funny. Um, I had these doctors and these nurses who the entire Baltimore Washington Hospital emergency room staff had covered their shifts for two weeks. This was an entire shift that they were excited to send. And now there was an indefinite period of time that they didn't know that they were coming back. And I went to the British Airways main office in Nairobi where people were gathered outside and I was looking for an agent to talk to and I met Esther and Esther gave me her card And I talked to Esther, and we booked flights 
for five days later. We were running out of money. We were running out. We, were, we had no hotel, all these things. I did all these things that I could. And I have these people looking at me like, where, where, are, we go, where are we going? What are we doing? I felt the pressure, baby. And man, it was hard. We were talking to our families and all these things. And then you come to these verses in Scripture. And some of you are going through things right now that takes that story and puts it into overdrive because you're dealing with life and death. You're dealing with family members who are ready to walk away. You're, you're dealing with children or grandchildren. or fam- You're dealing with things that are going to change the trajectory of everything. And you come to scriptures where Jesus is sleeping on a boat and you hear a pastor talking about scriptures where it says, do not worry. And you're like, how in the world do we take anxiety and just, is is Jesus telling us to pretend? How how do do we, when in Matthew 6 verse 25, where Jesus says these words, do not not worry about your life. Can you read the scripture with me? Do not worry about your life. I mean, it seems so simple. But are we supposed to just check our brains and our emotions at the door? What are we, what are, how are we supposed to deal with the people that we love? How are we supposed to function with the realness of the stress and the concern? I'm so glad that Jesus got into the detail here. That it wasn't some flippant saying or some cherry-picked phrase that was just landed on people. That Jesus, when he said things like this, it was always in the context of a bigger story, of a bigger narrative. He gets into detail, and if you keep reading in Matthew chapter 6, he gets into some very practical things, things that we often worry about, and he gets into how not to worry about those things. If you back up from that verse and you start before he says that, he actually is talking about money, one of the things that we kind of bristle at when we hear about it in church. Listen to what Jesus says. Nobody can serve two masters because you'll either hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So you can't serve both God and money. Don't focus on money over God because you'll end up hating God over your money. So if, I mean, it's, it's, a, very, it's, a, very, it's a concept that's, that's very simple, but it's not simplistic. For those of us who are really tied to the American dream, can I tell you something? If you're so in love with the American dream, you'll see God as something that gets in the way of the American dream. You just will. You'll see God as being something to either enhance the American dream or to enhance the way to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, or you'll see God as the source of all life. You can't serve both God and the American dream. No man can have two masters. And some of y'all are looking at me, I can feel it, and you're like, got your head cocked to the side, and you're like, well, I thought God gave us the American dream. Well, I don't read that in this book. 
I don't, I don't read the Constitution in, 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 in the Bible. I, I don't see it here. I, I see things from this book in some of the Founding Fathers' words. But this book is divinely inspired. This book comes from him. And this book is always the foundation for a Christian. Everything that comes from him is always the first thing. And he makes it very clear. And he hits money first. And money is not the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. And if you love something more than you love God, he makes it very clear right out. You can't love something and love God the same way. You can't serve two masters because you're going to end up hating one and loving the other. And then he goes into verse 25 and he goes, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life. That's the one that we just read. What you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. So food. He says, don't worry about food. Now, the people he was speaking to, a lot of them were poor. So he was probably telling them, hey, don't worry about what you're going to eat. And for, for some of us, I, I don't want you to raise your hand, but I would venture to say that the majority of people in the room, the majority of people that are watching online today, probably aren't worried about what our next meal is going to be. Well, or whether we're going to eat. I'll say it that way. Actually, the concern in this room today probably goes like this. Where do you want to go to lunch? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't care. All right, we'll go to Blue Bay. I do not want to go to Blue Bay. <laughs> See, the, the, the problem that we have is we have too much food. Don't worry about your food, he says. Take stock, take stock of your pantry. Here's an idea. Don't buy groceries again until your pantry is empty. See how long it takes. Oh, we don't like that one. I'll move to the next thing. All right. Don't worry about food, says the fat guy. Um, can we laugh at that? No, you can't. Or your body, what you will wear. He says don't worry about your body. Now, this doesn't mean like embrace Elsa theology and let it go. This, because your body is a temple or a superdome, you know, but the body is temporary. He's saying don't worry about your body. God has the eternal. This is more focused on death than bodybuilding. He's saying don't worry about death. Death, death is not the end for the believer. Death is the portal. It is the bridge into the life everlasting. And then you go down to verse 28, and he says, and why do you worry about clothing? Again, Jesus is probably talking to people who are poor, and they were worried about when their clothes would wear out and assuring them that they would have their needs met. Well, what about us? See, most of us have rooms in our homes or in our apartments that are just for our clothes. They're called closets. They're larger than the homes of some of the populations here around the world. And we spend time just looking through our clothes, wondering what we can wear that will impress people that we don't like. And people that don't like us. Our worries are different. We'll thumb through a closet worrying 
Like, I literally did this last night. I was like, what should I wear to church tomorrow? Well, what do I not have to iron? I know none of you think that holy. <laughs> we have different concerns. What do you, Jesus is like, don't worry about this, don't worry about this, don't worry about this. And then he says in verse 34, don't worry about the future. Listen to what he says. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I read that and I'm like, well, shouldn't we prepare for things? No one is, is Jesus telling us to be irresponsible? No. Jesus isn't telling us to be irresponsible. What Jesus is saying, like, 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 Jesus isn't saying not to prepare. The stock market, retirement, yeah, 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 sure, prepare. Those of you who are losing money right now in the stock market and you have been prepared, I understand that you're worrying about some things. I got it. See, Jesus isn't telling a group here not to worry about things and telling them to be irresponsible. He's telling them how not to worry. Go back to verse 26 and look at what he says to the people about, about, about food. So he told them not to worry about food. And then he says this, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Okay, does that mean that we don't save, that we don't put things away? No, that means that the God of the heavens, the God of all creation, even feeds the birds. And birds, I'm going to tick off the animal lovers, but birds are dumb, y'all. There is a bird that flies into that window right over there for the past four weeks while I'm preaching. It's a red bird. He hasn't shown up today, but he will. And he just smacks flies into it. Right over there. And some of y'all thinks he's inside the room. I had to make an announcement three weeks ago that the bird is on the outside of the window. Be not afraid. God's going to take care of that stupid bird. He cares about it. Your pastor may not, but God's working on my heart. Jesus is showing the difference between worry and cares, worry and concern. That bird is not worried. Maybe dumb, but he's not worried. If that bird is hungry, that bird is going to fly around and it's going to look for a worm or a bug or whatever. If that bird needs to have a bowel movement, it's going to look for your car. And it's going to find your car. Birds aren't worried, but birds are concerned. And concern focuses on a challenge, and it moves you to action. See, when Jesus is saying, don't worry about food, he's not saying to sit back, do nothing. He's saying, don't worry about food. Don't worry about the things outside of your control. God loves the birds so much that the birds are taken care of. Do you not think he loves you? Do you not think he's going to take care of you? Don't worry about the things outside of your control. Sure, do the things that you should do. Sure, stock up. Do the smart things. But, but don't, don't lose your sanity over it. Don't, don't let your anxiety go into the pit of despair. Put your trust in the God that takes care of even the dumb birds. Because you are smarter than that bird. Back to my story from earlier about being stuck in... Africa because of a volcano that happened thousands of miles north. I made phone calls. I went to go see agents. I got Esther, the flight, the flight lady from British Airways card. 
and day two rolls around. I go back to British Airways. At that point, there were armed guards outside of the travel agency. There were armed guards outside of the British Airways offices. They had AK-47 machine guns. There were standing guard, and there was, it wasn't a riot, but it was a mob of people trying to get in. And your pastor held up a card and said, Esther is waiting for me. She wasn't. I lied. I just wanted to get in. I told them, Esther's waiting for me, and they said, which Esther? <laughs> and it was at that moment I realized she doesn't have a last name on the card. And I said, this Esther. And, I mean, people shouting, shouting. I worked so hard, like, like we were working. We found housing through missionary compounds for all of our folks. I called home and got emergency resources wired over so that we could feed our people and we, 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 we got resources and, and we set it up so that they could call their families and we gave updates and we tried, to get, we tried to get flights every day and I had these doctors looking at me saying, listen, I'll just, I'll just pay out of my pocket if we could go through Emirates and we can go uh, keep going east through China and go the long way home and all this stuff and like nothing was opening up. And it was appropriate that we were working this hard over all this time. And can I tell you something? It was appropriate that I did all the things within my control, but by like noon every day, I had done all that I could do. But I kept working as if I could do more. I was calling other airlines. I was calling other countries. I was, I was running myself silly. And I look back on that experience, and you know what I wish I had done? I wish I had gone and played golf in the afternoons. And that sounds a little bit self-indulgent, and maybe it is, but I wish I'd have rested and trusted God. I wish I would have walked around Nairobi and prayed more, maybe taken a nap. Because there were things that I could do, and there were things that only God could do. And we have these concerns, and there's things that we can do. You have these concerns. You know what? My kids' grades are tanking. And there's some actions that you can take. Well, you can get a tutor. You can get help. You can make a plan. Those are appropriate things. You got these concerns. Well, my, mar my marriage is in trouble. Well, you can take action. You can get counseling. You can get help. Those are appropriate things. You've got concern. Well, I've gained 12 pounds in the past week. There's action you can take. Snip off all of the prongs on the forks so that you can't pick up food easily anymore. Cut out soft drinks. Those are appropriate things. But the birds don't worry. They don't paste around the nest, rubbing their wings together, wondering where the next worm is coming from. They fly out and they, they, they look for worms when they need them. They don't wait for them to fall out of the sky and into the nest. And if there aren't any worms, they go find bugs. Ooh. They don't sit around doing nothing. They do what they can do. But worry focuses on things that are outside of our control and they result in inaction or worry results in action that doesn't help. You know what? My kids' grades are tanking. I'm just going to yell at the kids. I'm going to take my anxiety and I'm going to yell at the kids and if I yell at them and I punish them enough, they'll get their rears in gear. That's not going to help. You know what? My marriage is in trouble. You know what? I'm just going to keep it in and not talk about it. Or if I do talk about it, I'll talk to my friends about how bad my spouse is. I'm going to look over at her or at him at night, and I'm going to have rage fantasies about how I can smother them with my pillow. That's not going to help. 
I've gained 12 pounds in the past week. I'm going to start a new fad diet. I've been seeing Noom and Weight Watchers and all these things on my social media, and I'm going to start that after the next birthday party or after the next vacation. It's not going to help. Waiting to, no, you have to take action. And Matthew 6, you keep reading, and verse 27 says this, Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? What you worry about the most today shows what you trust God with the least. And some of your worries, I'm not talking down and I'm not trying to shame you, but some of your worries are so big. They're huge. A child far away from God, a job that just hasn't come through, a life calling or, or this thing that you just know that you're supposed to be doing that just doesn't seem to be panning out. And like all of these ideas that you had just don't seem to be happening and you're like, what in the world am I supposed to be doing? A diagnosis that's just eating away at your energy and your life. And I go back to the words of Christ and I say, look at the birds. You keep reading and he says things like, look at the lilies and how they are clothed. Look at the fields and how they are clothed. God provides. And even death isn't met with a final end in this kingdom. So go take a nap. It, it might be the most spiritual, obedient thing some of you can do. Lean into your concern and take a breather. He will give you rest. I want to close with this as our, as our worship team comes and we kind of wrap this up. I want you to do something. And every time I say something like this and I give you a task to do, there's like four of you that do it, and the rest of you look at me defiantly. And I want to pray that if you just look at me defiantly and don't do it, that God gives you diarrhea the rest of the day, okay? I want you to do this. Lucky for you, when I pray that, it never happens, all right? But get what I'm saying. Like, I want you to do this. I want you to take out the sermon notes if you have them, and I want you to write down something. Or if you, like, have your phone, just take out the notes app. Just open it up. Take out the notes app. And just in a word or two, I want you to write down what you're concerned about today. Go ahead. Just, just take a minute. I just want you to write down what, what is concerning you today. What is it? What is the thing that is just gnawing at you? That's just right there. Now here's what we're going to do. Of course we're going to pray. I want you to fold it up or I want you to put it away it's for nobody else but you fold it up put it in your, your purse or in your pocket or whatever put it in a place that you can go back to it and we're going to pray and I believe that God's spirit is going to say some things to you I believe that God's spirit is going to 
bring to your mind something that you can do that's within your power about that. I want to challenge you to do it. Whatever, whatever God's Spirit is, is telling you, whatever action that God's Spirit is bringing to you to do about it, I want you to do it. Second thing I want to challenge you with is I want to challenge everybody in the room, whether you're 12, whether you're 90, today, I want you to take a nap. I mean it. I mean it. Family nap time. I'm not even kidding. You may be getting on a flight today. You may, you may have a full day planned of just like stuff after church. Set an alarm. Make it 30 minutes. Take a nap. Be like Jesus. Take a nap knowing that God has you in his hands. And I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you believing that God's going to give you rest. And that you're going to give him control. And as we pray, some of you have...